You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 43. Today I'm chatting with Trina Holden. Trina writes over at trinaholden.com. And she's also written two books. One is called Real Fast Food. And the other one, her newest one, is called Your Real Food Journey. And maybe you're thinking, what? We're talking about food? Isn't this the God Center Mom podcast? I need to go back and check iTunes. Yes, we're talking about food, but we're starting with Trina telling her humbling story, her story of um, struggling with anxiety and anxiety that was based, uh, the root was in worrying about what people thought so much that it paralyzed her and um, was causing stress and her body was reacting to that stress. And in order to um, help her body and also retrain her brain, she uh, started this real food journey. And you may also be asking, Heather, what is real food? I mean, I thought all food was real. Are you talking about plastic food versus real food? Well, Trina, in the introduction of her first book, defines real food as food is close to the way God created it, being free of additives and over-processing. And, you know, I'm all for that. I love eating just basic food. A lot of our meals are just like a meat and a vegetable, maybe a starch, but not even always. So, um, but then I hear, uh, and this was the other reason I'm thankful for this podcast. I hear things that people are doing that just seem like unbelievable. And, um, they make me feel bad. First of all, that I'm feeding my family, the process thing. Um, and I have no clue how to do the stuff they're talking about. Um, it almost seems a little crazy. And I feel like Trina kind of bridges the gap between the real foodies who get so um, it's all encompassing, it's all or nothing to her message of just change one thing, make your own yogurt, just start there. Um, And she kind of holds our hand in that journey. So I think you're really going to be blessed by her information. You're going to be encouraged um, so that you just, so you don't get burnout from just switching everything in your diet. uh, And so that you have the right perspective on why you should consider what, what you're, what you're eating and how it affects, um, how you're thinking, and how your body's working. So here we go. Hey, Trina. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we haven't seen each other face-to-face in a while, but we do yeah. randomly pass on the inner worlds here or there. Yeah. And you, yeah. you have been like yeah. the best cheerleader of this podcast. And so I'm really excited to have you on and share uh, what God is doing through you. Lately, so thanks for taking the time to chat with me. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. I really appreciate. I'm honored it. to be. I'm honored to be on my most favoritist podcast. <laughs> oh, most favoritist! Yes, I'm putting that on the blog. I'm gonna, and it's going to be like a badge. 
Trina Holden says, no, serious. Um, I am also excited to have you on because I feel like your topic is I'm going to learn something, you know, I'm kind of like selfish, you know, oh, yeah, I love having this person on because I can learn this and maybe other people will learn too, which is always the benefit of having a podcast. So um, we're talking about food, which I think some people would say, oh, uh, I thought I was listening to the God Center Mom podcast, not the food podcast. Um, but I love yeah. you. You kind of take a different angle than a traditional real food writer, blogger type. And uh, I think we're going to get into some interesting topics that really do direct us back to God and his intent for us. So um, before we get into more of that, can you just kind of tell us how did you get into eating real food? Like what was your, what what was the trigger that got you starting to eat real food? Well, um, it actually started shortly before my marriage, um, which was not, I got married nine years ago yesterday, so that's kind of cool. Oh, happy um, anniversary. And, <laughs> thank you. And and it was actually the year the year before I got married. Um, I started having some some health concerns, but not not big things. But if you listen to your body, you know when something's a little off. And finally my mom's like, Hey, you know, you ought to come to my naturopath and and see what she has to say. And um and that woman was 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 she was a believer and, and I'm I'm so blessed because she really did start my journey on on good footing because when she saw my blood work she really didn't know what was wrong with me she said i had the liver of an alcoholic and what? i was um yeah i was 23 and i didn't drink and uh, so um i was i was and i was having you know i was having some skin issues and my cycle was real irregular and things were just not looking good mm. so um it, it, you know, it might have called for drastic measures, but she started me on the journey saying, I want you to just cut out these two things. And the two things she had cut me cut out were sugar and white flour. And that might sound like crazy, but the reality is I could still have whole wheat flour and I could still have honey. So I had plenty of those. Yeah. I didn't have to get, it wasn't like giving up gluten or, you know. Right. So um, she just had me cut out a few things at a time. And, and really, first, it wasn't like you cut out, it was more like you replaced, right? I mean, really. Right, a replace. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. So, um, just and just made some some slight changes. We were we were addressing digestive health, and we were, um, and and so I began. That was when I really started, um, learning more and learning how my body was responding to what I was eating, and um, so that was kind of that kind of pulled out there for a while. I, um, you know, a lot of my symptoms disappeared just just with those slight changes, just with being a little more aware. And then um, it was about a year and a half later when I was married and I had my first child that um, I started experiencing some real heavy, real heart chest pain. Mm. And I had actually had chest pain off and on for as long as I could remember, probably hmm. as early as six or eight years old. Wow. And it had just been real sporadic and my parents had um, addressed what was obviously I, I was a hypochondriac, so the the thing that they had told me when I was younger was it, it's growing pains, which was probably the very best thing they could have told me, because yeah. I was like, oh, okay, growing pains, this is a good thing, and I'd go back to sleep. Um, but over the years, it, it got more intense. I reached my full height of five foot nine, and they weren't growing pains anymore. Yeah. So, um, and then, well, I mean, to fast forward a little bit, what it was was panic attacks. 
but they were always disassociated from whatever had triggered it. It would, it, it would happen afterwards. So it took mm. a while to diagnose. It got really bad. It got to where I was laying on the couch, just trying to breathe mm. with my three month old, um, or I think it was about six months at the time, six month old, you know, toddling around waiting for my husband to get home from work so that, um, he could tell me what was wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, what I realize now is that just a lot of stress had accumulated to that point where I was managing a lot of roles for the first time in my life. I was a wife. I was a new mom. I was, you know, a, a lot of things. I was my, I was my own homemaker. I, you know, and, and are you, are you really, more of, are you more of a creative type or are you more of an organized, like type A perfectionist type? Uh, I pretty much wear myself out by trying to be both. You're like, you're like so. all the people. You're all the people. <laughs> all the you're things. A, you're all like a type things. A creative. Awesome. It, it, it's tricky. true. And I yeah. don't wish it on anybody. So, so that's, a, so that's a lot. I mean, but that's a lot of pressure when you add roles to that and like exactly. things constantly being undone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a matter of, oh, we'll just get up in the morning and see what we get done today. It was, no. yeah. well, I have these expectations to meet in this role and these expectations over here. It all came down to the lie of I needed to meet people's approval. And mm. even when they weren't even looking at me, like. No, no, you created, my- you created their, the, you created <laughs> yes, their expectations of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you- I created them. Like I would get so stressed just going to the grocery store thinking of people judging what I was putting in my cart. Wow. So. And, and, and the, but the chest pain wouldn't hit till that night when I would lie in bed and say, um, well, I wonder how I measured up today. Mm. Wow. There's and, so much in that. I'm sure yeah, there's a lot of people that. listening that have felt that exact same thing. Yeah. It's the end of the day and you're going over your whole day and you're thinking, did I do it? Did I, did I hit all the marks today mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. A mom, eh, C plus wife, D, D minus, you know, like we do this. Yeah. yeah. Especially oh, yeah. if you have oh, yeah. these unrealistic expectations that nobody has said, like your husband doesn't expect you to have dinner on the table the second he gets home, but in your head, you think you should. And if you don't, yeah, it was, it's a negative. It, it, 95% of it was imagined. It was, that's for sure. So, you know, I, I lay there and it, and it all stems from, from believing the lie that I have to earn my worth. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, so, so picking up the story where we left off. So one day I got so bad, we went to the ER um, and they did the EKG, EKG and the chest exam and the x-ray and everything else. And they said, nothing's wrong with you. Um, take an aspirin. So they didn't really help me get to the root of the problem either. So finally I went back to that naturopath that had helped me make progress before. And she was, uh, like I said, she was a believer. And she said, well, Trina, are you stressed? Hmm. And I said, I don't think so. You know, I started listing off all my blessings. I had a wonderful husband who loved me. I had great supportive family on both sides. I had a precious baby. We were all healthy. There were no, there was not financial stress. I didn't think I was stressed. I, di- I didn't have those, you know, traditional stress. Factors. There's no new job, no new city. No, no nothing. New, yeah. Everything was peachy. Yeah. And, and she said, do you, do you worry about what people think about you? And I said, well, doesn't everybody? Mm. <laughs> You know, so I finally, finally realized that the way that my mind worked was not the way it needed to. And I realized I needed to have my mind completely rewired in order to approach life um, Mm. stress free. At the same time, she had me keeping um, she had me keep a a food journal 
because we didn't know what was triggering these episodes um, in the beginning. And so I was, I was eating fairly healthy, um, you know, still, still, still not doing as much white flour. And I was doing more, more whole wheat, more natural sweeteners. I was eating, you know, uh, as healthy meat as I could get it, get my hands on and, and stuff like that. And vegetables, both raw and steamed and smoothies. And I, you know, it was, it was good. A lot of, a lot of real food. Yeah. Um, even though we were a young couple on a tight budget, I was doing my best. And, yeah. and so there was no allergies present. There was, um, you know, I seemed to be digesting my food work. The blood work came back good. And so she said, I, I think you're stressed. <laughs> and wow. she just said, you know, the only person you need to please is God. And the reality is Christ has, has, you know, Christ has come in as our payment and, um, you know, our, I'm, I'm losing the word there, but you know, he's, he's there standing before the father saying, I paid for them. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so that was the truth that you're, you're already was, approved. You're already yeah, approved. I'm, I'm pre-approved, pre-approved. Yeah. 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 So that was the, that was the, the turning point there. Um, but, but so we, we knew now what was causing the episodes and I went home with my can do good girl try hard attitude and said, well, I'm going to need to memorize scripture and I'm going to need to pray a lot and I'm going to need to rewire my brain. You're going to be the most God-centered mom ever. I was going to do it all in yeah. my own strength, yeah. but I was weak and I didn't, I didn't pray enough and I didn't read my Bible enough. And yet within a few months, the Lord had done, the Lord had done a work in my mind. He had rewired my brain. Mm. And I started to think about things differently. And I'll never forget the time I parked crooked in the parking lot. And I didn't break out in a sweat. I didn't look around and say, who saw me parking crooked? Mm. And I laughed. I laughed because there, it was okay. I parked crooked. It's okay. I don't have to have a panic attack. Wow, <laughs> See, yeah. it was really bad. It was really bad. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, so we were, we were making progress from there, but, but along the way, stress had done a lot of d damage to my body. It yeah. was in the end, probably what had pickled my liver and, <laughs> and yeah. done a lot of other things. Yeah. So, um, I, I became passionate about eating as well as I could because I knew that in, in order to continue to, to thrive and be the mom I wanted to be, um, you know, I needed to, I needed to feed on scripture and I also needed to feed on food that was, that was nourishing me. Mm. So I've been on a very gradual journey since then. And that, like I said, that it all started about 10 years ago. Um, eight years ago, I was in the ER and, um, you know, now I'm, I'm writing a cookbook about real food, but it, but it's been a journey. It's not like, well, boom, done. I decided to do it all in one day. No, it's a journey. And I'm passionate about sharing with other moms that, um, you know, we can, we can take this gradually. We can make a lot of changes in our, in our diet over a long period of time. And that's not, oh, I'm just not doing it right. No, that's probably, um, it's, it's the most sustainable way. Yeah. If you take one thing at a time. Well, that's what I, that's what I liked about your new book. Um, when I was flipping through it is I feel that, okay, I grew, I, my story of food is, um, my mom had two sets of kids, same husband. It's all, you know, all same, <laughs> but like my sister and brother, are, uh, my sister's 16 years older. My brother's 11 years older. And then there's me and my younger brother. So she got like two turns at being a mom. And the mm -hmm. second go around, she was like 
you know, vegetable co-op. We had like the peanut butter where you had to stir it every time to get yes. the oil reconstituted yes. with the with the peanuts. And and then like uh oh always had I've never had white bread. Like if if, <laughs> if I did it's like a roll, you know, but not like with a sandwich. It was always the yeah. whole yeah. wheat. And just a lot of healthy real food choices that she made the second go around, things she made from scratch. Um so I feel like my body kind of craves that stuff. But as a mom now and having four boys who are picky, they're really good at like, you know, the fruits and the vegetables. But like some other choices, of course, they're choosing the processed thing. Like I'm doing yeah. my best. So yeah. then I get nervous when I meet a real food person. Like, like what are they what change are they going to ask me to make that's just impossible to keep up? And I mm-hmm. liked your book because you were like, just pick one thing. Try that one thing, see how it affects your family, and you list like ten. Is it ten different starting points or places yep. to yep. go to go from? And uh, that was just really and then encouraging. I break those into I break those into really tiny little steps. Like, you know, this is what you could do this week with what's probably already in your fridge because yeah. it's real basic stuff. Yeah, and I feel like that's encouraging because sometimes I think my brain just turns off. I don't even go to those sites. Um, because it just seems like they're speaking another language yeah. that is not – I don't even have the vocabulary to keep up with real food yeah. type of people. You know, it's almost yeah. like they get lumped over there. There's the re- there's those people and there's us. And it's not fair because those people probably have really good information. So I yeah. feel like Trina's role for, for us is to help bridge the gap. Like let's, let's not be so separatist in this – you know, let's, it helps our whole culture if we can all eat better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and well, and, and, and I like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of both. I mean, I have five different types of fermented vegetables in my fridge right now. And we ate Chick-fil-A for dinner last night. So that's awesome. So if you can wrap when you your said fermented, When you said fermented vegetables, my stomach kind of like went yucky. I don't know what that means, Trina. What is a fermented okay, vegetable? Okay. It's a vegetable that has been cultured. So wait, 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 sauerkraut like, cultured. Like like it sat at room temperature so the good bacteria could multiply. But Yogurt like that is sounds, cultured. Yeah, but that kind of sounds disgusting. But I'll t- <laughs> I, I have really enjoyed. I have this is what I've I've added to my repertoire is kombucha. Kombucha? Is that how you say it? Oh, that's how I say it. But I think it's probably open to imp- interpretation. Do you, do you make it yourself? Okay, not there yet, but I okay. love buying it. Yeah, a raspberry pomegranate. So it's probably the worst one I'm buying. Probably has tons of sugar. I'm probably buying the wrong one, but it's delicious. No, kombucha, kombucha is made with sugar, but the fermentation process actually cancels out the negativity of the sugar. I make I make kombucha. All it is is caffeine and sugar, and you're like, why is this good for me? Because it sits on your counter for two to three re- weeks and cold. There's mine sitting on my counter right now. And I really like peach ginger. So it's okay, not hard so, to make but, yourself. But like, tell us, <laughs> tell the person, because they sell like the cultured yogurt, you know, they sell yeah. this yeah. kombucha, kombucha, you yeah. say tomato, yeah. I say tomato. They sell <laughs> this and I'll tell y'all, I will buy, I mean, it's kind of expensive. So I buy my own. And so then I'll yeah. drink a third of it at this lunch and a third of mm-hmm. it at that lunch. And I spread it out and y'all, I feel like amazing. That's Amazing. awesome that you're drinking it with a meal because that's exactly what, what our bodies need. Our bodies, 
and here's a little. I'm gonna get a little geeky on you, but I'm gonna okay. Keep it but in real I really want to know why we need this cultured stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'll tell you. Okay. So, so we always think that our stomach is what digests our food. Yeah. Our stomach is simply a big long like room that hosts um, good bacteria, and it's the bacteria and enzymes that break down our food. Okay. Um, we're born with a certain amount of enzymes. We can eventually use them up if we're not eating food that is alive. Okay. So like food that is raw, that's awesome. That's got enzymes in it. Um, okay. but the challenge is that's usually, um, like if you eat a salad, it has enough enzymes for you to digest that salad. Right. So we need more enzymes. If we're going to eat, um, you know, a meal that doesn't have anything raw in it, we need to add some enzymes to that. And so yogurt has enzymes and bacteria in it. Kefir has all the, all that yogurt has. Plus it has good yeast. Um, and kombucha has live cultures. You know, we see it out there and we, we know it's good for us, but here's why, because that aids your digestion. And the fact is food is our fuel. If we're just shoving it through our bodies and we're not actually digesting it. And this is where I was initially when I went to the naturopath. In my blood results, she could see the undigested food. Like, you're not getting anything good out of the food you're eating, right. Trina, because your digestion is not actually working. It's just shoving the food through there. So, um, when well, I, and, when and I, I, and I'll tell you, like, okay, to get back to God's centeredness, because right. it does go with it. I will tell you it all. Does. So, the okay. days that I do drink this kombucha, kombucha, mm-hmm. um, my, my mental health is better too, right? Yeah. And yep. I am a more patient mom. It does not make sense that a drink could do that. But I'm telling you, it really does. Like but it I, does because if it's aiding your digestion, then your body is not stressed by the food you're putting in it. And I'm getting energy to keep up with the four boys, which is, yep. you know, I can sp- I spend time in the Bible. I can have scripture memorized. There is a spiritual part to our life. The Holy Spirit can give us strength. But it, mm-hmm. God also gave us bodies and and we really, I can't keep up physically with my boys and listen to everyone talking at once. And my son broke his arm yesterday and keep up with going to the ER and our car wouldn't start. Like the stress oh, of honey. life. Yes, yes. I couldn't handle it calmly if my body wasn't functioning. Right, right. So we need to feed our bodies. We need to, but feed them we need well. to be. And why does it sound so disgusting? That's cult- like the culture thing and you're talking about fermenting. That to me sounds like mold. It's yogurt. Do you eat yogurt? I know, but like when <laughs> real food people talk about it, they make it sound disgusting. That's why a lot of times I, I use the word fermented just to kind of, you know, I, I I prefer the word cultured because it sounds cultured. Cultured sounds um, classy. Fermented exactly. sounds like so you use- left your bread on the counter for weeks and months and you no. it's green. And why are no. you eating that? I have I have five kinds of cultured vegetables in my fridge and yeah. I don't have to eat them by the bowl hole. But if I throw a teaspoon or a tablespoon of sauerkraut onto my pot roast. Um, the awesome thing is like, if you take cabbage, it has so much vitamin C in it. Yeah. If you um, culture it and make sauerkraut, which is very simple, all you need is a knife to chop the, to the cabbage and um, a little bit of drippings off your yogurt, which is called whey. So it just adds in a bunch of good probiotics and you put that in a glass jar. You don't need a crock or anything. You put it on your counter for three days and then you put it in your fridge and I tell you how to do it in the book then you have totally multiplied the vitamin C in your cabbage and all the other good stuff. 
But so then you only need a little bit of that cabbage in with your food. You aren't eating like mounds of mold. No, not mounds of mold. Small bits, you don't even taste it. Like I can actually get my kids to eat it and they don't notice. And it's not like the cabbage has been sitting on your counter and now it's moldy. No. It just looks still like cabbage. Think of pickles. Like traditionally pickles were just pickled. Now they're pickled and then canned so they can seal it and it can live on the shelf for three years. But originally things like sauerkraut and pickles were made and then they were set in a cool place like in the root cellar. And they lasted all winter because they had a higher good bacteria count than the bad bacteria. But we're getting nerdy again. <laughs> I am like, I'm total, I was a biology major, so I, I really like that. Well, okay, because I think what I really want is, like I said, this bridge the gap. Because yes. I'll tell yes. you, no one's going to try this if it I sounds know. like mold in their food. I know. It just I sounds know. disgusting. Well, there's a lot of other things that you can do. I mean, that's that's kind of, like I said, I've been doing this 10 years, and on, only in the last year or two, have I really gotten into the culture um, learning to cultured vegetables? Because previous to that, one of the biggest factors in my health was I, ha- I was taking a food enzyme. So it was a pill that was adding, aiding my digestion. Okay. And so I just wanted to replace that pill. If you're not into, if, if you're not into this, then don't worry about it. Just, just don't worry about it. But you know, have it. some yogurt because that's good bacteria. Yeah. You know? yeah. So like, like, <laughs> and like with Trina's book, I mean, she'll walk you through, like maybe it's just adding yogurt and making your own yogurt. I mean, yeah, that's not which hard. saves money and then allows you to like do it with the highest quality milk you have available to you. And so yeah. just little things. But but what I think what what I really want to tell people is it's not about doing all the things or, yeah. you know, even it, what what I hope to tell people is um, I, I used to say, you know, food is the biggest way our body interacts with our environment. And so it's the most important factor in our health. And I'm like, no, wait a second, wait a second. Um, it's not the most important factor in our health. God is the most important factor in our health. He's the one that gave us breath and he is the one sustaining us, not our diets. Right. We're called to stewardship. And I'd love to show you some tips. If you want to make small changes, if you want to do it in a way that's not overwhelming, if you don't want to get stressed out just at the thought, that's where I came in. But I want to, I don't want it to be a fear oriented um, decision because yeah. I, I'm not about adding fear to people's lives because I'm all over that. Well, and what, what is your famous quote? Well, <laughs> stressing about what you're eating is as bad as eating a candy bar. It really is. That's what my natural path told and me. And I would way more, ago. I would much rather eat a candy bar. Right. <laughs> right. So, so if you're going to stress about the, yeah. So I, making the best choices that you can where you're at, but not stressing about the fact that, oh, I don't have any cultured vegetables in my fridge or I, I don't I don't want to I don't have access to raw milk. Yeah. You know, it, there's the God factor. Let's not forget the God factor as we try and feed our family as well. Yeah, I think that's really, really, really good. And that so there's people who, OK, something bad happens in their health and they're motivated to make these changes mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it ends up being fear based and they change everything at once. And then it's not sustainable. Yeah. And it leads to burnout so often, which which mentally makes the person think they're a failure. But it's also hard on your body physically because you are stressed from that approach. So if if things are not, uh, you know, an emergency, if it's not like, oh, seizure, seizures are, are being caused by this 
food yeah. I'm allergic to. Yeah. If we could take a slow, steady approach, it's much more sustainable to take one thing at a time, learn yeah. to make one thing from scratch, change one single buying habit, to, you know, just even if it's just switching brands from the cheaper chicken to the, the, the slightly better chicken at Walmart. And what um, would, what it, would be a slightly better chicken? Like what would be like, it just educate be, me right now. Like, yes, I'm going to go yes, buy chicken. Well, like, I always maybe. am looking and I'm like looking at all the chickens and I'm like, I don't all even know. All natural means nothing is a marketing term. And I do get into that in the book talking about you need to educate yourself on what labels are. But basically, um, you, you'd like to avoid added antibiotics and added hormones and like added when they chemicals. add the, the broth. Is that bad? Like when they add the they say 80 percent broth or whatever. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about when they add <laughs> stuff to it? Right, right. Well, yeah, I, I'm talking about like raw chicken, like a like yeah. A, yeah. But the raw chicken, it'll say like something or other. Oh, it'll say eighty percent um um water or liquid or something like that by yeah. weight or something. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but what you're looking for is no added hormones. I mean, ideally, you'd love to get chicken that was raised on pasture and organic. But yeah. if that's not in the budget, right. then make the next best choice and. And then rest in that. So what's the next best if you can't do? No, um, well, you know, fed organic feed or um, not confined and not antibiotics, not added hormones. I just okay. Look for those labels. Okay. Um, so, you know, and places like Trader Joe's are going to be a okay. really great place to shop, but not everyone can afford that. Okay. The other thing I stress about is the eggs. Like... I look at all the eggs and I don't even know. Is it better if it's brown or is it better if it's, you know, like, does that oh, even brown matter? Oh, brown is just, brown just makes you feel at home if you were raised on a farm. So, um, it, but it doesn't matter. Does it matter that it's brown? No, brown, brown and white don't matter. Okay. <laughs> it just, it, it was the, this, the, the breed of chicken it came from. I grew up on a, on a chicken farm. So. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, but if the chickens have, are free range, that's ideal. Okay. So um, pick something free range. Free range is great. Now, sometimes that doesn't mean they're they're out on open pasture, but it does mean they're not confined individually to cages. So free okay. range might still mean they haven't seen grass in their life, but at least they're not as under as much stress as they're laying their eggs. And and usually those chickens are less healthy, and they end up needing more antibiotics just to live long enough to lay eggs. Oh, that's not it's fun. it's sad. It's sad, Heather. Okay. So let your chickens be on pasture. Well, see, that was the other thing growing <laughs> up. We had acreage, and we had our own chicken house. But the yes. fox always kept coming and eating the chickens. I mean, this is really how I lived. My mom had strawberry plants and the birds would eat the strawberries. Mm -hmm. We were trying. She was trying to ha have us, you know, be all healthy. And I appreciate yeah. that because I, I feel like I, I really do crave healthier foods. And I it, think yeah, that it gives you a legacy. Yeah, you I do feel like, you know, I don't know. And I, I want to do that for my kids, yeah, too. Exactly. I want them to see me being intentional. Um, exactly. I, you know. So exactly. a couple ways to start, a couple ways to start. Well, I really appreciate you being on here, Trina, and I hope we can chat more on another episode because I really think you're awesome and you have so much insight and y'all, um, I'll have the link to her books, uh, in the show notes that go along with this podcast. Um, cause if you're interested, I think, I think she's really wise and she's got great recipes in there. It's a cookbook. So she kind of, you, you walk us through. And, uh, yeah, and it's not it's not your average cookbook because honestly, my man isn't really into my husband isn't really into the really crazy stuff. So most of the recipes are very recognizable, and the reason they're good for you is because you made it from scratch 
with whole ingredients instead of, you know, packaged junk. So go ahead and I don't put a recipe out there that my kids and my husband don't eat because I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a one-year-old. Yeah, you didn't. We didn't even introduce your family. There you go. Yeah, Yeah, I got four kids. You've got you've got taste testers right there. Yes, yes. So I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not. It's not, it's not funky stuff. Except for the cultured veggies. That's only one teaspoon at a time. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad, though, that you said one teaspoon at a time because I really – I kind of was picturing you eating just a big mound of mold. Oh, my goodness. No. no. That sounds If you will go to my Instagram feed, you will see what I had for lunch. I did. I I saw it. It was was leftovers from last night. And it was sauerkraut And there was a tablespoon of purple sauerkraut on it. Yeah. Purple is my favorite color. So you can make cultured veggies in your favorite color, too. Unless your favorite color. (laughs) Mine's green, so that doesn't sound good. (laughs) (laughs) moldy vegetables no no don't quote me on that they're they're not moldy they're cultured they're cultured highly highly cultured (laughs) i love it well thank you for sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with us and um i know i know god's going to use you for great things to bridge the gap and to have a group of moms who are um, treating their bodies as temples and helping the next generation have a legacy of mind soul body one unit for God's glory. So thanks, Trina. Keep up the good work. I really appreciate it. All right. Adios. If you really enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any of the podcasts you've listened to, would you please, please, please do me the honor of heading over to iTunes and leaving a review or ratings? That would be awesome. It helps other moms find the podcast. And uh, if you don't know how to do that, you can just go to godcentermom.com backslash review and it'll give you all the instructions on how to leave one and i just wanted to say a quick thank you to tiffany at fearfully made family i know you're going to be launching your new site soon so thank you for taking the time just to let me know that you have enjoyed the shows and the interviewees and just knowing that you have the same mom struggles thank you carlin k uh, i'm so glad it gets you through the mundaneness of housework and that has opened some new horizons i appreciate y'all have a great day I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.